0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Welcome back to the program. We are in the final hour of this Tuesday episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Question for you. Do you carry a gun? You don't have to answer. I'm asking just, do you carry a gun? If so, why? Have you ever had to use it? The likely answer to that final question there is no. The highest of likelihoods is that uh, you, if you are a concealed weapons uh, permit holder, that you will go your entire life never having to draw your firearm to defend your life or uh, the life of a loved one or your home or something like that. And yet you do so for uh, a measure of uh, security. You do so uh, in case uh, some unfortunate incident should arise uh you want to uh be able to engage that threat and halt it. Stories like the one I'm about to tell, they often uh they they often uh, get swept under the rug. Not so much the case here in Utah, we here uh, in Utah are very Second Amendment friendly. Uh, our uh, CCW permit is uh, a very much sought-after uh, permit across the country. Uh, that's the, the, the permit that allows you to carry a, a concealed weapon. And, uh, and and elsewhere in the country, when a good guy with a gun saves the day, uh, there aren't that many headlines. As I said, here in Utah, it's different uh, and so I want to give credit where it's due. Uh, this story, which emerged over the weekend, uh, got my attention, and it, uh, it excited me. Eh, not in the, in the John Wayne type of way, uh, where it's like, oh, yeah, Wild West. No, 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 no. It was that uh, someone was prepared to protect, and that preparation uh, indeed translated directly to the preservation of life not only his own, but other patrons at a nightclub, specifically the Echo nightclub. At about 1.30, early Saturday morning of this past weekend, uh, there was a a man who entered into a nightclub and started firing rounds. Uh, Lieutenant Brett Olson with the Salt Lake City Police Department describes uh, what happened next. One of the uh, patrons of uh, Echo, the club on Pierpont, decided to... uh, go out and get a gun and bring it in and started shooting it throughout the club. Um, at at one point, um, another person that was there, um, an employee, uh, who had his own gun, um, saw it and, uh, shot him and ended the threat. One round was fired and that ended the threat in the club. At the time, there were dozens of patrons and who knows what would have come next but there was a man with a gun and he was demonstrating a desire uh to harm others and there was someone else there someone else there who uh was prepared for just such a situation i was i was raised uh with with these types of attitudes i was raised uh in this This uh, idea that you should be prepared for situations as they present themselves was instilled in me from a a very young age. I applaud uh, the employee of this nightclub for being prepared and for saving the lives potentially of the other patrons there that night. Uh, I I admire uh, their preparation. The reason I bring this up is because it reminded me uh, of a story that I was told when I was younger. Uh, in the mid-90s, I remember uh, my dad came home from work one day, and he wasn't wearing his glasses. And that was odd, uh, because my dad always wears glasses. He had trouble seeing. In fact, uh, I, can, I can picture his face now. On weekends, sometimes we would go to the community pool, and uh, without his glasses, he'd be squinting. He could barely see. And that's how he walked in the house that day. Uh, he was also uh, had a cut along the bridge of his nose. And so immediately, the, the question is, Dad, what, what happened? Oh, my gosh, what happened? Turns out he was uh, walking down the street uh, in, a, in a city back in New York, Rochester, New York, as a matter of fact, and it was uh, towards the end of his workday. Uh, he had, he had a, an armful of Girl Scout cookies as he was walking through the, the community on his way uh, to his car to wrap up the day, and someone approached him from behind someone it was a, it was a summer day and this someone who approached him had a big uh, heavy jacket on clothing inappropriate for the temperature uh, and started muttering uh, towards my dad he was only able to make out one word my dad was, was only able to to make out the word money and he understood what was happening he was being hassled by someone on the street and uh, that's not a unheard of occurrence and typically, the, the appropriate and the effective response is to continue on walking. I mean, don't engage, just walk away, ignore, and the nuisance will walk away. Well, this nuisance didn't. This nuisance uh, quickened his pace, uh, approached my dad, and started reaching towards his pockets, my dad's pockets, reaching for money. My dad continued, uh, saying, "No, nah, so he walked along, said, not going to happen. And then things escalated. The man who approached my father said, hey, I'm going to stick you. I'm going to shoot you. Give me your money. My dad still wasn't convinced that, uh, that the threat was real or clear or present, and so he continued to walk, and that's when he was struck upside the head. That's what broke his glasses. That's what cut his nose. My dad had been punched in the head by someone on the street trying to get his money well my dad was prepared for that day and he reached into his waistband and he pulled out uh, a firearm The make of the firearm was an amt backup it's kind of an odd design uh, a double action semi-auto if you know about firearms you know it's kind of an odd thing a big heavy trigger pull about 15 pounds 45 auto and My dad took hold of that gun, and he lifted it up, and he put it right in the center of the chest of the man who had just struck him upside the head. And what happened next is something that I have forever been grateful for. The man, the aggressor, the one who had punched my dad and broke his glasses, he immediately saw and recognized the gun and turned and fled. He ran away. My dad didn't have to pull the trigger, and no one lost their life that day. And who knows what would have happened? Who knows what would have happened with my dad that day as he was walking with an armful of Girl Scout cookies when uh, the aggressive panhandler tried to get his money? And who knows what would have happened here in Salt Lake just this past weekend if that nightclub employee hadn't been prepared to neutralize the threat that had barged into his place of work and threatened uh, his customers. But I do know that the good guys are all alive today. And I do know that all the patrons who were gathered in that nightclub just the other day were, uh, they got to go home. And they today are able to live their lives and they are able to Go back to work and hug their loved ones and pursue whatever uh, one of life's pursuits they were pursuing uh, before they went to that nightclub that night. And what's the grand point of all of this? I don't exactly know. Maybe guns make you uncomfortable. This is I'm not preaching... I'm not saying that everyone ought to go out, uh, buy themselves a handgun, uh, go through the the proper uh, training, uh, get themselves uh, the appropriate permit, and be armed to the teeth every day. Uh, I'm not advocating that. But I do know that two people saved lives because of those decisions. My dad saved his own life, potentially. And a nightclub employee saved the lives of patrons. And because of that story my dad told when I was young, uh, I uh, am a firearms enthusiast. I believe, uh, as was outlined in the Heller decision, that the Second Amendment does, in fact, uh, have much to do with self-defense. I know it has other meanings, uh, but self-defense is one of them, defending one's own life and one's own liberty. Uh, So that's that. I'm going to leave that story at that. Uh, I just wanted you to know that when uh, firearms are used appropriately, they can bring about uh, much good and much safety and much peace. They are not a demonic A demonic tool uh, used only by the evil. They can be an implement for saving lives and we have walked through two such examples of exactly that reality here on this program today. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, when we return, my heart's kind of broken. Uh, A few months back we learned here on this program about uh, the magnitude of the mink farming industry here in Utah. We spoke with uh, Clayton Beckstead from the Utah Farm Bureau. He taught me all about uh, the big business that is mink farming here in Utah. Well, the heartbreaking news is that some of those little mink critters have come down with the coronavirus. How did that happen? What's it mean for the industry? Clayton Beckstead back on the program to get us up to speed next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.